Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. I saw those Christians in the church. They were teaching Sunday school. They were witnessing to the lost. They were bringing people to church. And like Ruth, I thought, I'd be not like one of those Christians. We know what she was talking about when she said to Boaz, I'd be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. But even though Ruth came so far out of place, so she was so much, I don't belong here. I'm not like the people here. She was so much, I be not like one of thine handmaidens. Boaz took her in, and notice what Boaz says to her in verse 8. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Boaz is saying, you'll get it. You come along. Even though Ruth was not like one of his handmaidens, Boaz said to Ruth in verse 8, that you abide here fast by my handmaidens, by my maidens. See, that's the first word for everyone who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how far a person is from being like Christians, the Lord's will are like the words of Boaz. Abide here fast by my maidens. Stay in this church of Christians, in verse 8. Abide here fast by my maidens. Make this church of Christians your community. Even though verse 13 is true, I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. He says, abide here fast. And as a person stays in the church community of Christians, the Lord is going to work, and that person is going to change, like Paul described it in Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And then in verse 4, Boaz at work in prayer for his reapers, he's praying, the Lord be with you. And now we look at verse 12, and Boaz is continuing his work of prayer. He's a priest. He's praying all the time. And now for Ruth, we see his prayer centers again. He speaks. He says, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel in whose wings thou art come to trust. He's praying. He's praying. He's praying. He's all the time praying this Boaz. And he's praying now for Ruth to be recompensed. The Hebrew word that Boaz used here for recompense is the word shalom, not to be confused with shalom. Shalom. And that was the same word that Elijah used when he gave instructions to the indebted widow, what are you going to do? She says, okay, he says, you go out there, you, you get these vessels, you pour a little bit of oil, it'll keep multiplying, you get a lot of oil. And then it says in 2 Kings 4, 7, then she came and told the man of God, and she said, look, all the oil I got. And he said, go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. And then in 2 Kings 4, 7, and he said, go sell the oil and pay shalom thy debt. Pay shalom, shalom, pay thy debt, 
and live thou and the children of the rest. See, to the widow, she was hopelessly in debt. And Elijah provided the oil. And then he said for her, go sell the oil. Use the money to shalom. Pay off your debt. So Boaz is sending a message when he uses the same word here. And he says, shalom, when he says to Ruth, the Lord shalom thy work. The Lord will pay off his debt. See, this time, it's not a widow that's in debt when Boaz is speaking to, but Boaz is saying, it's God who is in debt to you, Ruth. And Boaz is praying that God would pay off his debt to Ruth. Now you say, well, what's God indebted to? How could God be in debt? You would say, well, I could be dead. So Boaz, verse seven, say, God's indebted to you, Ruth, for what? For thy work. The Lord recompense thy work. What work? What work is God indebted to Ruth for? The work that Boaz described in verse 11. And Boaz answered and said unto her, it hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity and are come unto a people which thou knowest not. For the work of caring for the widow Naomi, for the work of caring for the widow Naomi since the time that Ruth's husband died, since the time she became a widow, for the work of caring for the widow Naomi by Ruth, leaving her father, leaving her mother, leaving the country that she was born in. For the work of caring for the widow Naomi by Ruth coming to a foreign people. In verse 11, Boaz was calling the work of caring for the widow Naomi that Ruth did all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law. So the way he put it. And by using the word shalom, in this prayer, in, in verse 12, Boaz is saying that, Ruth, when you did all that work of caring for the widow Naomi, you were getting God indebted to you. You say, how does that work? Why would God be indebted to Ruth for caring for the widow Naomi? God was indebted to Ruth because God said that the work of caring for the widow by relieving him, that's God's work. And he said that in Psalm 146, 9. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and widow. So when Ruth relieved the widow Naomi by caring for her, Ruth did God's work and God was indebted to Ruth. And God said that even though he's in his holy habitation, that he would nevertheless especially judge those who afflicted the widow. He said that in Psalm 68.5. God says, I'm a father to the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. See, God wants us to be like Ruth. He wants us to pray for the widow. That's what he says. Isaiah 117, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. The end of this verse, God is just saying, I want to teach you. I got a lesson. I got a school of learning. Come enroll. And of course here is called learn to plead for the widow. Not just pray for the widow, plead to God for the widow. So when Ruth left Naomi that morning and she said she's gonna find grace in some landowner's eyes and she's gonna return with food, that was a prayer that Ruth is making. She's pleading for the widow Naomi, even though Ruth was a widow herself, which shows us that the best people to plead for a widow is another widow because they know what it's like to be a widow. Amen, Yoli? (laughs) Yeah, Hadley. As we see the widow Ruth pleading to God for the widow Naomi, we see how widows should plead for widows. And God has instructions for what the widow should do when she loses her husband. 
in Jeremiah 49, 11, it says, leave thy fatherless children, I will preserve them alive, and let the widows trust in me. That's God's instructions. Let the widows trust in me. It's a scary thing for a widow to lose a husband. And God says, that's time for the widow to trust in me, especially. Because God's taking the responsibility of doing the work of caring for the widow. And when Ruth did the work of caring for the widow, Naomi, Ruth was doing God's work, and God became indebted to Ruth for doing his work. And God wants us in the church to especially honor the widows. He says that in 1 Timothy 5.3. Honor the widows that are widows indeed. And God said, what really is pure and uncontaminated religion? He said in James 1.27, pure religion, undefiled before God and the Father is this, visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. So when we see how God became indebted to Ruth for the work that she did in caring for the widow, we say, boy, I'd like to be God indebted to me. Where's the widow? <laughs> we got and when we see a person like Don Ailes and he's doing the work of taking care of the widow Muriel, then we take the prayer of Boaz in verse 12. We pray that for Don. Lord, recompense, shalom, Don, <laughs> for the work that he's doing. See, this is the first part of the prayer that Boaz has for Ruth. And then Boaz moves on to the second part of his prayer in which he says, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. See, the key word in this second part of Boaz's prayer is the word reward in the Hebrew, maskaret. Maskaret. Maskaret's an interesting word because it's only used two places in the Bible. It's only used here and in the history of Jacob working for Laban and so he can have Rachel for his wife. Such a deal. Anyway, but we can see in his negotiations with Laban where that's the only place where Muscarette's used is he's negotiating this original deal of how he's gonna get Laban to give up Rachel. And it says in Genesis 29, 15, Laban said unto Jacob, because thou art my brother, shouldst thou serve me for not? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? Tell me, what shall thy Muscarette be? So that meant that Laban was saying that as soon as you're finished working then, then immediately I'll pay you a Muscarette. See, that's the first part of Boaz's prayer. He used the word shalom as he talked about God being indebted to Ruth. He's going to pay her back. And shalom, he kind of has that implication in the future. Second part is immediate. Amaskaret's immediate. So as soon as you finish working, you get Rachel. Well, he didn't get Rachel, but that's a different story. (laughs) But anyway, the idea is there. The Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the God of Israel. See, there'd be an immediate payment And although we have to wait till later, in some cases, for the work that we do for God to get paid, but he's not going to forget. He says, I won't forget. Hebrews 6.10, God is not unrighteous to forget your work of and labor of love, which he has showed toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. See, God's not treacherous. God's not wicked. God doesn't conveniently forget his debts. He'll pay. And we can see God paying back his debts in Matthew 25, 33 through 40, when he said, then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I was hungry, you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Then the righteous, they say, they say saying, Lord, what, what are you talking about? When do we see you hungry? We fed you. When we see you thirsty, we gave you drink. When we saw you stranger, took you in. When we saw you naked, we never saw you naked, clothed you. When we see you sick or in prison, and the king shall say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you've done it unto least of these my brethren, you did it to me. There'll be such a surprise when God goes to pay off his debts. 
People say, you know, you mean when I gave drink to the thirsty, that thirsty, when I gave some hospitality to that stranger, when I clothed some of that naked, I visited the prisoner, that was like me giving drink to you, Lord, hospitality to you, Lord, clothing to you, Lord, that was like me visiting you, Lord, in prison. The Lord said, yes, because those are my brethren. Those are my brethren. And what you did to them, you did to me. Now here's your shalom. Here's your payment for all you did. Right now at uh, Soledad's in El Dorado, there in Washington, room 210. And so today we have an opportunity. Go visit her and you'll visit God. <laughs> he's gonna pay you back. That's what he says. And so, but here in the second part, he's talking about the, this masquerade. And so we say he's praying for a full reward, masquerade. And the question, who gets this full reward? Who's the person who gets this full reward he's talking about? Well, the person, is that the person who just calls himself a Christian? Is that the person who prays some formula prayer? Is that the person who attends church every Sunday? No, Boaz says, let me make it very clear to you. This person who gets a full reward in verse 12 is the person who comes under the wings of Jehovah Jesus to trust in him. You know, I spoke to a person recently. He wanted peace in his life. He had no peace. He said, my Christian friends, they have peace. That's part of the full reward. And so he says, just give me a, a formula prayer. I'll pray it. But then I call him back. He doesn't want anything to do with the, I don't know. That's not a description of the person coming under the wings of the Lord Jesus to trust in him. A person who receives a full reward by God is a person who runs under the wings of the Lord Jesus Christ to trust in him. That's a person who wants to be covered by, caught up with, protected by the Lord Jesus Christ. Not a person who makes a short whistle stop on the train of his life to pray a formula prayer and then go on with business as usual. See, when a person is under the wings of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's surrounded by, he's engulfed by the Lord Jesus Christ, just like a chicken under the wings of the hen. It's a new life. There's one motivation that a person has to come under the wings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's told us what that motivation is, is to trust. They come under to trust. That's the only reason a person comes under the wings of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are so done with trusting themselves, now they want to trust in him. And this doneness of trusting in self, must stop with the self-trust. Start with the trust in God. And that's what we just heard about several times this morning in Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. person comes under the wings of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's so done with trying to establish his own righteousness like the Jewish people do in Judaism. And he's willing to submit to the righteousness of God as God said in Romans 10.13, Romans 10.3, when he says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness are going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Person comes under the wings of, to trust. He's so done with trying to run his own life and guide himself. Jeremiah 10, 23, oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It's not in man to direct his way. Lord, correct me. Basically, a person comes under the wings of trust when they're so done with themselves and ready to finish and they're so ready to start with God. And for that person, God says, welcome. I got a special reward for you. And that's the one that he's talking, that Boaz is referring to in verse 12. And he prays a full reward, not a partial payment, but a full reward to coming under the wings of Jehovah Jesus to trust in him. We should pray this prayer that Boaz for every lost sinner who comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, full reward. Not just a reward, a full reward. What's the full reward he's talking about? What is the full reward? What's the full reward? He uses the word full. Full reward is included 
I'm not going to go through all of them, but just included in the full reward is a hundred percent pardon for sins. You know, there's a world of sins that are covered by the blood of Jehovah Jesus. And there's a complete pardon for the sins when he says in Micah 7, 19, thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. And he says in Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. And Isaiah 38, 17, thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. And Jeremiah 50, verse 20, in those days and that time, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for and shall not be found. There should be none. I will pardon. And Hebrews 10, 17, their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. 100% pardon for sins is included in the full reward for those who come under the wings of the Lord Jesus to trust in him. Included in the full reward is an absolute removal of condemnation. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Removal of all condemnation is included in this full reward. The person who comes included in their full reward is an elevation of, uh, to the position of being adopted by God. John 1, 12, as many as received him, to them gave he the power, the authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We have not received the spirit of bondage again so that we fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Elevation to an adopted son is included in the full reward. Including the free reward is a complete cleansing from the crown of the head to the sole of the feet from our sins. How wonderful that word is, cleanse. I remember one time with Pastor Jim, and I won't tell you what we did, but he said, he prayed, cleanse our hearts. And so <laughs> that word just came alive to me, cleanse. I never thought of it before. I don't know. It wasn't like it wasn't a part of my vocabulary, but it just cleanse. What a wonderful word. What a wonderful word is cleanse. I mean, we marvel at how dirty we were and how cleansed we are by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we think of it, the word all in the verses of 1 John 1.17. We walk in the light, he's in the light. As he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ's son cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. His cleansing is a cleansing from all sin, including the sins that are secret. In Psalm 19, 12, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. In Psalm 51, 12, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. God cleansed David. David, after he raped a wife and murdered her husband, and he cleansed her from all, cleansed him from all. And our tendency is to hold things against others but God's tendency is not. He completely forgives. And notice how God refers to complete forgiveness. He says in Jeremiah 33, I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have transgressed against me. You know, we think about how we've been wrong by others. Every sin flies in the face of a holy God, and he forgives. And he's not only in the business of a complete pardon, he's not only in the business of a complete cleansing, as he said in Ezekiel 36, 25, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, shall be clean from all your filthiness, from all your idols will I cleanse you. And he knows about this filthiness and he cleanses us because God actually made a list 
of the filthiness he cleanses us from. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, he says, Know you not the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of self with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you're washed. You're sanctified. You're justified in the name of Jesus the Lord Jesus, by the Spirit of God. You know, we live in a world that's full of fornication. We live in a world that's full of adultery. We live in a world that's full of homosexuality. We live in a world that's full of sodomy. We live in a world that's full of every other unmentionable sins. And he gives us a list here in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, but he says, for all those who have committed those sins, God does three things. Number one, cleanses the person. Number two, sanctifies him to make him useful for God. And number three, justifies him by paying all his debts on the cross. Full cleansing, full sanctification, full justification, that's included in the full reward. And in the full reward is a complete renovation and occupation of our bodies to be the temple of God as the residence of the Spirit of God. He says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, know you not that your bodies are the temple, that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God is in you, dwelleth in you. Howbeit, in John 16.13, howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said to you. You know, as I get older, I can't remember things. I can't remember things. I don't remember half of your names. That's why I call you brother and sister. (laughs) But you know what? All this memory doesn't bother me a bit. Why? Because inside me, inside you, is a reminder who doesn't get old and someone who doesn't forget, and his name is the Holy Spirit. And he teaches, and when we see something, you see something, he says, did you see that? I'm teaching you. Did you hear that? I'm teaching you. The Holy Spirit causes to rise from the depths of our subconscious into our conscience what the Lord Jesus Christ has taught us so that we can learn. And for those who come under the wings of the Lord Jesus Christ to trust in him, Included in this full reward is a peace with God. It's not understandable. In Romans 5, 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Passes all understanding. That's not a complete list of what's included in the full reward that Boaz spoke about in verse 12, those who come under the wings of the Lord Jesus Christ to trust in him. But Boaz wanted Ruth to have the full reward of everything that's included for believers who come under the wings of the Lord Jesus Christ and trust into him. And today, right now, as we think of the full reward, and I've gone through, and I could go through more, but then there'd be less of you sitting here now. <laughs> I'm sure I'm glad we don't have any window ledges for people to sit on. You might fall out because Tom was long preaching. But as we think about just some of these things and all the things that included under the full reward. How can we do anything today but to worship the Lord Jesus Christ for the vastness of the full reward that he gives for trusting in him? How undeserved we are to receive all that's included in the full reward just because we ran to him and trusted in him. Can we do anything else today to express our love to the Lord Jesus Christ to make him happy other than keeping ourselves unspotted from the world and serve him until the time when he comes and he says, your days are finished on earth, time to come up here. You did a good job. 
You are a faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the full reward that we don't deserve. But yet, Lord, we marvel at it because we marvel at you. We marvel at your grace, at your love, at your forgiveness, at your pardon. We marvel at the cross because when we see the awfulness of what we caused, that just overwhelms us, Lord. And all we can say to you is, we are yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.